Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Did you see yourself on MasterChef last week? If you did, then you probably shed a tear or two. On the show this week, we're discussing why it was important to see Asian immigrant stories featured on the highly read show. And later on the show, should we cancel celebrities who made offensive comments years ago? And did they do it for social media fame? We find out why a YouTube couple had given up their adopted son. Each week, we dissect the conversations Asian millennials are having. Don't go anywhere because you're listening to Lemon. Welcome to another episode of Lemon. As always, my name is Philip Cooch, and almost three months into ISO and another week now, Thomas Tan, you still have not cut your hair. What's Hello. happening? Hello. <laughs> I don't know. I think I've wanted to kind of grow out my hair a little bit. I want to embrace the musician and creative kind of lifestyle. No, well, let's not. Let's hope you don't grow a rat's tail because that would look gross. Maybe. <laughs> but starting off on the show today, I want to know what is one thing that you do that is considered an old people thing. Well, I've thought about this for a while and I think I do it subconsciously, but I actually don't realize that I did it until I started recognizing. But do you know when Asian men, the older they get, they evolve into an uncle, right? But as you do get older, your sneeze becomes louder and more powerful. <laughs> That's so true. So I've noticed over the years, my loud, like my sneeze has become like, it sounds like a bomb. Like it sounds so loud. Do you consciously make that make it louder, or how is it just an evolution of human? I think it's an evolution of an Asian male thing. But the reason why, when I do sneeze, when I hold it in, it doesn't feel very satisfying. Like I need to let it all out. Yeah, you need to let everyone know that you need it's <laughs> coming out. Actually, there's one more thing that I, I I noticed that you do that's an old people thing. Oh, what's that? You you remind me of my dad. You always carry a thermal. <laughs> with hot tea. Oh my god, that is me. Yeah. No, but hot water is so good. You don't understand. Like, I know, like, this is like another WeChat auntie thing, but hot water is amazing when you drink. It makes you feel good. And my feet, like, get really cold as well. So when I drink hot water, like, my body just feels so refreshed. It sounds like the WeChat aunties are getting to you. They are. <laughs> um, but one thing that I do that I th- that would be considered old, I guess, I find that on the weekends when I'm not when I don't have a late night, I really like it. enjoy just like in the early mornings, just having a cup of coffee and reading the newspaper or reading the news on my iPad. Is that an old person thing though? Uh, I guess so. I think that's an adult <laughs> thing, not really an old person thing. But like I read it, but I try to read like adult stuff. Like I read the economy news. Oh, and you, like you try to do it news. just for the sake of yeah, doing but it. Like in, <laughs> but like in reality, all I do is like read the first three paragraphs. Oh my gosh. And then you're browsing <laughs> on a pop, like pop culture forum. <laughs> yeah. And then end up reading about Lady Gaga and her new album. But, oh my gosh. But do you know what you do that I realize that you do? This is actually an old person thing. 
this is also another evolution of old uncles. But you know when you go to like Kmart, Target, or any retail shop, or even at the park when people are going for walks, when you walk, you put your hands behind your back and you <laughs> like you link your arms. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, I know. Actually, I I don't know what you mean. I I can't subconsciously do that. You just, you link your arms and just the way that you move, like you you kind of look towards your right a little bit and then you look towards your left and just the way that you move is like it's like a very Asian uncle thing. You know what? It's probably because you know I need my hands to be back there to balance you know as you get older <laughs> things get a bit uneven and you need the extra help to get, stay balanced i guess let's just blame it on age let's take a live look now outside ladies and gentlemen of america ariana grande lick and spit on the merchandise there can be a hundred people in the room <laughs> Lady Brittany alone. catch me outside how about that rise and shine china 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 Okay, so if you live in Australia, this week has been very big news for Asian Australians and Asian immigrants in Australia. And Tom, this week I made you sit down to watch an hour episode of MasterChef. <laughs> and we both normally don't watch MasterChef. Um, I do. I did try to get into it in early the season, because, but this is too many episodes. I just can't keep up. I can't just. I can't dedicate one hour a night every day of the week to watch. It's this. a lot. Hey, it's a lot. But I have been watching a lot because there. Oh, some episodes because there's a lot of um Asian representation this season for some reason. Uh, and actually, no. When you think about it, MasterChef has always had a lot of Asian contestants. It's the only reality TV show where Asian contestants thrive because we can cook. We can cook, <laughs> I guess. Um, but what was special this week was on this ep- this week's episode. They had an episode where. It was like a memory challenge or something like that, or a special guest challenge. Mm, so in the mystery box, they had to open the box, and inside that box, it was a picture from their childhood. So the challenge was that for them was to create a dish that represents something that they grew up with. So you had a lot of people cooking um, noodles, like um, Poe was trying to cook her three-course fancy dun-dun noodles, vegetarian style, which is a bit weird. Um, other people are cooking sponge cake, which I don't know if it's MasterChef worthy, but that was the challenge for that week okay thank you for explaining that (laughs) (laughs) um but but yeah i think what was really special about this episode was each contestant had their own story about their childhood and this was like kind of like the first time where we've had you know different asian australians talking about their own childhood growing up and we had for example poe's story Post story was how her, because the picture that she got sent was, which was actually, I find it a little bit funny that her dad sent in a picture of her and herself when she was young, but in the photo there was a trophy, and I think the trophy was from some sort of tournament, like a golf tournament or something, I can't remember oh, what yeah, it was. Oh yeah, was a golfer, yeah. But the funny thing was, in the trophy itself, it kind of sent a message to me, it was like, don't come home unless you win first place. <laughs> Such an Asian <laughs> thing to do. <laughs> uh, and then you've had, you know, for example, Khan, who who is just like the love of the season. Everyone, He's just so lovable in the season. He reminds me of Heidi from RuPaul's. Oh, he does a bit, <laughs> yeah. But his, his story was that, you know, he had a photo of his him and his family, and it was taken on the day that they were leaving their refugee camp in Vietnam to mm. come to no, Australia. No, when they arrived in Australia. Oh, when they arrived in yeah, Australia. That was the picture they arrived, yeah. Yeah, and then you had, for example, Reynold, who is another very popular contestant this season and a favourite to win. His story was a picture of him at the back of this restaurant, of his um, parents' restaurant, and he was sitting on slabs of coke, mm. and he was telling the story about how growing up, he was an you know, immigrant in Australia, and you know they had to make a name for themselves in Australia, and his family would you know, his family would run the restaurant and he'll be, him and his brothers would be at the back of the restaurant 
you know, waiting for their parents to finish work. And, oh my God, like five minutes into it, I was just like bawling in tears. It's just because this, this has happened to you when you were younger as well. I just think, you know, oh my God, I'm getting a bit emotional thinking about it now. But <laughs> it's just, it, but guys, just look, so we'll play a little bit of a clip of what happens when this moment happened. Why are you crying? <laughs> Why are you crying? What's wrong? I'm just watching MasterChef. Why are you crying? Okay, that was really embarrassing. Um, but it was just like seeing these people on TV who, first of all, they look like us, of course, and because, and second of all, their stories are stories that. I know of and like you know they're very familiar so mm. for example my dad came here as a refugee from Thailand as well so Thailand yeah he what? was he was in a UN camp in Thailand wow um but yeah seeing Khan's family you know making that trip I guess like taking that photo on that day when I got to Australia looking at his family I'm just like wow I could see myself in his family because my dad kind of looks like his dad as well mm. and I kind of look like him like sort of I guess mm. and then Reynolds' story, you know, being an immigrant family in Australia and, you know, having to make a name for yourself here, it just, like, hit home so much because I, I think about, you know, all the times when I was younger, for example, my parents were working on a $10 hour per hour illegal farm. Oh, illegal? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in hand farm, in, you know, in, in, in Australia, right? And I would be at home pretty much raising myself as a six-year-old, and your siblings, and my siblings, and filling just, out documents that <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, filling out government documents. Um, but yeah, seeing his story and just seeing how much it resonated, you know, being having to grow up by yourself because your parents were so busy making making a life for for the whole family in Australia, it just really hit home. Mm, and it, a lot of people don't realize that this is the norm in a lot of Asian cultures that your parents work till late. Sometimes you just go to the shop, like what Reynolds saying that he would go to the, uh, his parents' shop just so he can spend time with his family, but that's not really spending time with his family. It was just there as his presence and their presence were there. But And then you see people like, oh my gosh, when we were in China, it's like exactly the same thing too. Like parents would be out at the front of the shop, you know, cutting up the meat and underneath the table, you see their young kids doing homework under the tables. Yeah. And, and even if you go to like restaurants these days, you see these restaurants, they're called restaurant kids. Mm. You, see, <laughs> you see them, you know, their parents are, you know, serving customers at the front of the restaurant and you just see them in the corner you know, with their iPads and oh, it just hits home so much because I it makes me think of the kids who at our store, at, you know, one of our stores that we had. There's like a noodle shop, and their but their families from Malaysia and their kids are always at the back, and it just reminded me of their family as well, and it just got me a bit of emotion. I'm just getting mm. a bit emotional now, but <laughs> <laughs> um, what about you, Tom? Anything in that whole segment that resonated with you? Because normally you're a very cold-hearted person. But, I am, but you did get. I, I did get a little bit emotional. I think it was when Khan presented his fur dish. I don't know why, but when it comes to food, I just normally eat whatever. But something about when Khan was presenting his dish and how he the dish that he made was congee. Oh, sorry, it wasn't fur. It was congee. Yeah, chicken congee. Chicken congee. Oh, my God. I tried your mum's because your chicken congee is good. <laughs> but so when he presented his chicken congee, like, something about the way he explained it, it was such a simple home-cooked meal. And the way that it resonated... What I was thinking of is it reminded me of me when I was a kid and my mom was actually, she would cook for me and she would clean for me and take care of me as a single mother. So that was the memory that brought back and it made me a little bit, a tiny bit of a tearjerker. But that being said, what I wanted to bring up forward was 
does Andy have a very limited vocabulary? <laughs> or because on because this is the first episode I've watched, right? And I've seen a lot of things being said on Facebook. So there's three judges. There's Andy. There's the Asian girl. What's her name? Melissa. Luang, Melissa. And, and there's Jock. There's Jock. His name is Jock. Jock. Yeah. And my goodness, when Melissa's like explaining the dish, she says something like, oh gosh, "She's so eloquent. She's like a, 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 a thesaurus." <laughs> Holy crap! Like she's saying like the taste, not even the taste. She says the whiff of the, um, the harmonious brings back joy in and a very tranquility. <laughs> my goodness! And Annie's like, "That's bloody, bloody amazing. great, and bloody amazing." <laughs> my goodness, I heard that she's not getting paid like the same salary as he oh, is. No, she's a female, so she's probably getting paid less. <laughs> <laughs> Poor girl. And then one thing which I actually really realized too about that segment was do you know when people cut up food because during to like coronavirus they have to they don't share the dish anymore they need to split up in three to separate plates but when jock was separating um separating one of the dishes he obviously put one portion bigger than the other two and he gave the other two judges the lead the like the smaller amount of food and he gave himself the bigger amounts and I'm like hold up if this was in Asian culture this is unacceptable like how when you give something like when you cut a cake right obviously like in Asian culture you give the biggest piece to somebody else and that just didn't sit well with me that being said yeah, I, lo- I love how you notice these small things because like I did not re- realize that so before we wrapped up this Master Chef segment there was one more topic I really wanted to talk about because I feel like it's just with the whole coronavirus thing happening at the moment people have so much free time to dig up people's history <laughs> and just like trying to cancel people um but reynolds who is who we spoke about earlier is you know a favorite to win the show at the moment he someone found some old comments that he made on a bodybuilding forum just before he entered master chef on the first time he came around so i think it was like 2015 i think it was and he made some comments about gay people he basically just said i wish the world made a united decision where they will capture all the gay people and put them on a remote island full of gays that way straight people will be happy and the freaks can go on and something beep themselves (laughs) is that fuck i think so (laughs) and so people found these comments and now it's i guess like it's been picked up by the media and there's a lot of commentary you know a lot of people are wanting to cancel him of course what are your opinions on this song because like, have we all not said things that we regret that we've said online in the past? Mm, when I first heard about this news, the first thing I wanted to give was like, are you sure? This is Reynold. Like, you know, he's a favorite to win. I know, he's but so wholesome. He's, he's quite wholesome and he's quite, no, he's smart. He's, he's a dentist, graduated from Melbourne University. He's a dentist. He's a dentist. Oh. And so it doesn't make sense that why would he say something like that? But when I clicked on the website and I read it, he did post it under a username called Ray Ray. I was like, oh, okay. But my thoughts on this situation is that... Um, has he changed? Like, has he rectified the situation? Has he actually apologized? And he actually has. So he did say, I would like to offer my sincere and deepest apologies for the comments that I made in 2014. I am ashamed of these comments and I regret them immensely. At the time these comments were made, I was very immature, closed-minded and insular 20-year-old. I have grown and matured a lot in the last six years. I am not the person I was back then. I have many friends and colleagues that are part of the LGBTQI plus community. I wholeheartedly support them and care deeply for them I'm truly sorry and apologize for any offense or hurt that I caused (sighs) like that being said you posted a forum titled is homosexual a mental illness yes end of thread what are your thoughts on this you know what I was having this discussion with my friend just last night actually Um, and we just think like we came to the conclusion you know I think we've all said things 
when we were younger that we regret. I think the most important thing is whether or not we have grown from those comments and whether or not we can learn from what we said. And I think he's expressed that he's deeply, I guess, like apologetic about what he said, but he has also said that he's grown from these views and, and you can't really blame him. He's kind of like a product of the society, you know. He grew, pretty much grew up in, I, I don't know him personally, I just, from what, from what I read up, but, you know, he, he went to a Christian college, his parents are religious, so he was, ta- he was taking on what the world was teaching him. And at the time, a lot of people were, were, had this mindset, so he wasn't the only one. So are we going to condemn every single person that used to hate gay people? No, how, but... How, how else do we grow as a society if we're going to keep condemning people and, and not allow them, you know, to grow and change their views? No, but I do not... There's a lot, been a lot of celebrities these days, and I'm sick and tired of saying celebrities who actually do... Who, who, like, fuck up real bad in the past, and then they make a tweet and they apologise, and that's it. Is that all they're going to do? Are they going to do anything else? Like, given the situation with, you know, um, Reynolds saying really mean stuff. Like, he he purposely made a posted it. Like, if you have these comments, sure, don't say anything that's going to be hurtful. Everybody, some people may have the same same views as you. But if you are going to post it publicly on a forum, there's going to be consequences for that. And for you to rise to the top as a master chef, you're going to have that title. And that's always going to, like, yes, people are going to make mistakes in the past. And if you sincerely apologize for it, don't just apologize online. Do something about it. Go out and protest, you know. Um, be at Sydney Mardi Gras next year. Do mm. something about it instead of just apologizing for something and hope that it's sweep it on the run and for I, it to I, go away. I 100% agree with you. Know, there are a lot of celebrities who just tweet out an apology and that's it. But I don't know. But like, Just because he used to be homophobic doesn't mean we should expect him to be an activist now. You know what I mean? Um, but, and I and I do know people. I do have a friend that works for Reynolds at one of his restaurants. Mm, inside scoop. <laughs> inside scoop. Um, and my friend said that you know, yes, he was very close-minded at the beginning and in the earlier days. But as a oh, person, how long has that person been working for Reynolds for? A couple of years now. I think like a year or two now. And oh, so it's only recently, like one or two years ago, that he. Look, don't let's not oh, quote shit. me. I do not want this to be. I do not want this to be a scoop <laughs> for the media. I'm just telling you, just from what I know, you know. You know, my friends, my friend who's been working with him for a couple of years now said that he's not this immature person that he used to be. He's very open-minded now. He he employs my friend who is also part of the LGBTQI fam- family. So I think as a person, he's definitely grown. Um, I can't say for sure. I mean, I'm not don't know him personally, but you know, if he can employ someone that's LGBTQI and be very friendly. And my, my friend loves Reynold. He says he's a great boss. So I think as a person, he's, he's grown. So I don't think we should expect him to be at Mardi Gras next year to be a fully activist just because... Um, I, just but he, I expect him to do something about it and not just make a public apology about it. Well, do you want to make a one-off donation for the thing just just to sh- express? Then that's just for publicity then. It's not really No, it's... exact. But if he generally says that he's changed as a person, then that would be from his heart, right? If he generally does... If he generally does feel remorseful and he genuinely has apologized and he's genuinely really sorry about what he said. As a person, if that's how you feel, you would generally go do something about it instead of just making an online apology. But you, so you expect him to be at Mardi Gras next year? Not at Mardi Gras, like that's <laughs> just a throwaway comment. I was not at like that kind I of comment. But have you seen like, there's a lot of churches out there who have made such sick comments from the Christian community who have actually condemned gay people, who have actually made such bad comments, been so hateful. But what they've done, they've just, they don't, they don't apologize about it, but they actually attend these Mardi Gras events. They hold signs mm-hmm. saying, we love you. Jesus loves you. And we're so sorry for what has happened. We apologize, if, but they're actually doing something about it. Mm-hmm. Not just saying, oh, I'm sorry, that's it. 
well, look, we look what we don't we don't really know what he's done behind closed doors. You know, we don't know what else he's done. So I think we don't we shouldn't expect him to do something just for publicity, just so that he can show the public that he's remorse and and, and of course. Remorseful. So. I, th- I just I, I'd rather him do everything generally from his heart, you know, like of course. And this is given what he has said in the past. This is the opportunity to do so, and I hope he does take it. Well, what do you guys think? Let us know on our Facebook or Instagram page, and tell us: Do you think Reynolds should be making a one-off donation to like an LGBT foundation, or should we just accept his apologies and just trust that he has grown from this whole, I guess, like offensive comments that he's made? Um, let us know on our Facebook page. We're at Lemon Podcast, or you can also find us on Facebook. We'll be back shortly after a few words from today's sponsors. In recent events, there has been a lot of news surrounding this family known as, I think I'm pronounced correct, it's called the Stuffer family. The Stuffer? Stuffer, yeah. Stuffer. So, we're really bad at pronouncing things on this show. <laughs> so, I'm really sorry for like you guys who are like cringing at our pronunciation. But, but look, we're Asian, all right? <laughs> <laughs> but Micah and Philip, our husband and wife, they're both YouTube vloggers or what you call like social media influencers and content creators. And so Micah has around nearly 700,000 followers on YouTube and husband has nearly a million followers or more than a million followers. And what this story is about is they are a Caucasian family who have gone out to adopt a child from China and there has been a lot of backlash now. So they originally had three biological biologically white children in their family and they've um, gone out and researched on special needs children from China. So they brought this kid from China back to America and now couple, I believe it's about been about three years later, they decide to rehome this child. When I first heard about this story, I usually give a bit of the benefit of the doubt. You know, there's a lot of circumstances and working in healthcare as well. You don't know what goes on behind closed doors. There are circumstances where if the child does become a threat to the family, becomes a threat to other children, then there is sometimes where, you know, you may need to rehome because it would be better for that child. But the more I dived into the story, the more pissed off I got at that family, actually. Wait, hold on. So you said that they specifically researched for a special needs child. They did. And so can you explain? So what actually someone actually dug up is that they actually posted a screen cap of this when this um, when Micah asked an adoption agency group, what special needs, quote, is minor or easy to manage? Uh-huh. So, so, so wait, so the story is they researched for a kid mm. that had special needs and then a, f- a few years later... They're giving, they're rehoming him because he has special needs and they didn't know that he had special needs. No, they're rehoming, sorry, they're rehoming him because they didn't realize that he has more special needs than they actually thought of. So they knew that this kid had, did have some physical and um, learning disabilities, but they thought, oh, you know, it's going to be fine. We'll be able to manage. But they didn't realize after taking him back home from China that, oh shit, like this kid has a lot more than we actually kind of thought about. So after a couple of years, they decided, no, it's best to give this kid up to another family or another agency. (sighs) Okay, so what, what what makes you mad about this whole story? What makes me mad, first of all, was it pisses me off that everybody's only coming for Micah. Like, as... That's the thing I noticed, too. So, Micah is the wife, and yep. Phillips... Is Phillip the husband. Is the husband. And the whole commentary is all about Micah and yep. how she's a... She's, like, a user, A bitch. Like, a you know, bitch. people hate her because she's a terrible mother. But if you're going to, like... Adopting a child, it's a two... 
whey process. Like it, just, it takes two parents, you know. Mm-hmm. The husband needs to also grieve to the wife. The wife needs to grieve to the husband. And But people only coming from Michael, which is actually stupid, that people need to actually come after the husband as well. Yeah. That being said, so what I brought up was that they actively were actually looking for a child with autism needs, looking, looking, purposes, looking for a child with special needs to kind of benefit their brand as a mm. social media content creator. It makes me think, why would someone go look out for a child in the first place who has special needs, the generosity and the kindness of their heart? Or is it because they want to show people like, look at me, look at me. How messed up is that, right? What are your thoughts when you first read this story? Oh, I just feel like uh, when I watched her video, that video, it was just like rehoming. Like, is this a ch- is, is this a, a child pet? A pet? Mm. <laughs> like rehoming pets, adopted pets is already bad enough. Mm. And re rehoming a child, like, and especially I didn't know that they were purposely researching for a, a child with special needs. That makes me even more upset. Yeah, so it's like they wanted the child to have like not as bad special needs, like some sort of spectrum for them to be able to deal with it. So that it looks good. Look at me. I have a child with special needs. I'm doing so great. Brad's approached me. Mm. But they, what's the quote? They bit more than they can chew. I think, okay, well, obviously we know that, you know, the whole part about using your any child for making money, it's bad enough. Like, mm. I don't think we need to go into much about why we're upset about that. But what makes me really upset about this is that, you know, when you adopt a kid, you have to adopt that kid as if, it's it came out of your vagina or <laughs> your, <laughs> or, or C-section or, or your testicles, all right? <laughs> it has to be your child. You have to think of it as your very own child mm. because you don't know, like you don't know what the child's gonna do when that grows up. Like you don't know that if the child's gonna like be gay, straight, trans, you know, have any exactly. other illness. You, th- you can't shop for your kids like mm. that. Like if it was her, any she has three biological children, right? Prior, prior. Three or four. I think three or four. She's got, I think she's got four now, but I think prior to adoption, okay. she had three. And then she adopted the Chinese kid. And then they decided, why not adopt more children? Which is stupid because they, in the video that they posted, right, they're saying, we have our hands or we, we honestly cannot love him or care for anymore. So, but then why go ahead and go procreate another kid? Exactly. That's irresponsible. Like, um, it just makes me think, you know, if one of her own biological children had, you know, a disability or special needs, would she give him up? Do you know what I mean? And like adoption is already really strict enough, and this does this gives a bad name to people who actually want to adopt and mm. have kids. For like gay people, for example, like what if I want to go adopt for kids, and and now the do- whole adoption process is going to be reviewed and make it even more harder for, mm. for myself or yep. other and gay more people costly, yep. or other parents who can't have kids. Yeah, you know, and it's just like it's just oh, it just makes me upset because they have not taken this whole process seriously. They've Use this kid for the three years that he's in his prime where he's super cute and stuff like that. Mm. And we know that kids who are get older, you know, who are about four or five, the older they get, it's harder for them to get adopted to for their forever home. Mm. And you know what's actually really sad too? If you actually look at the videos, you actually, the times where um, he actually needs nurturing, caring, they're just filming him, which is really sad. And they put duct tape on his finger and his thumb so then he can't suck his thumbs. Instead of hugging and caring for him and treating him with kindness, they're just yelling at him, recording on the phones, and now they're asking for a time of privacy, which is stupid. They want to have this privacy time, but before, you know, they were happy exploiting this public life of this Chinese child mm. who can't even communicate properly. And then even, do you know what they also said as well? They said, 
um, it was actually the kids. Fault. It was Huxley that actually informed us that you know. Oh, I saw that comment. My, oh my goodness, he's uh, he's nonverbal, isn't he? Nonverbal, and he's four years old, and he's autistic. <laughs> How oh stupid. God. And then do you know what they also said as well? They also said, w- the doctors advise us, you know, it's best to rehome. They're, like they're, make, like they're putting blame on somebody else. Who in the right, like which doctor would say, this child isn't good for you. Take them to another home. Even, oh my gosh, there was also a clip as well. There was also a clip in China that even mentioned, you know, this, the doctor's telling them, adv- advise them not to take on this child. But, you know, no, 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 I'm going to be a great parent. Like, we're going to be great. We can do this, you know, we're already here in China. But people are telling them, don't do it, don't do it. But they still go ahead and do it. What I also saw and read, I followed and read it, there were screenshots of them liking comments on people's posts that, you know, about... about their family right they were liking comments about how Huxley was very lucky to be adopted by them to be able to escape from the communist China what the heck and I'm just like oh my god this white saviour mentality it's like a white complex exactly how stupid it's like by them adopting that child like he would never ever be better off compared to the other kids right Mm. so stupid (sighs) look you know they have the videos of Huxley has millions and millions and millions of views that are monetized. Mm. And what do you think they should do with that money? Should they should they give that money to Huxley so then he can give it to his new family to look after him, to be able to accommodate to his needs? Because they made they probably made tens of thousands of dollars of Huxley's now, videos. Way more, way so more. So shouldn't they be giving oh, well, I think they should be giving some money of that money that he's made, or all of it. All of it, to be honest. To, so that he could support the special needs that he has. Mm. People think that this white complex and this white kind of savior mentality, I'm going to China and I'm going to save a kid. They're, they're, they're better off. No, they're not. They're not better off because you pretty much just put them in this line, like you put them in this situation and saying that they never would have found their forever home if I never did that. It's stupid. And then, you know what's probably, um, just to wrap it up, I guess, they probably only went to China because in China it's really easy to get adoption approved whereas in America and Australia it's like almost impossible Mm. or crazy hard and a lot of these adoption agencies what the process that they do get to get these child aren't ethical like we saw a lot of I don't want to name names and I don't want to get banned or anything from certain country but the way that these people get kids and they sell the stories to people of of parents in western countries who want to adopt kids from overseas it's disgusting I hope there's like some fundraiser for Huxley because I just really feel sorry for this kid. I feel hope. Hopefully, his new parents who are who I've read that are doctors. So I just hopefully hope they'll, hopefully it'll yeah. be his forever home. I hope there'll be some justice, hope and so. I hope there'll be some. I just hope they realize how selfish they are. That's what I hope. Well, we want to know what you guys think. So head over to our Facebook or Instagram page and let us know what your thoughts are on this topic. Well, that's all I think we have time for for today. Um, but thank you guys. Thank you for listening to another week of Lemon. If you like what you listen, then make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Acast, and follow us on Spotify. And also leave us a review because we'd love to know what you think of the show. And as always, we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye.